This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Hey, last week I got an email from MH Media Strategies that kind of intrigued me. And uh, as we muddle our way through COVID, it was really interesting to see you come out and say, hey, here's sort of a success story that we had with a client of ours, which was Zachary's Jewelers downtown. You know, I know that they've been very successful through this whole thing. I'll say as successful as they possibly, you know, as anybody can be during a COVID. Wanted to sit down here with Michael Hughes, who is the managing partner of MH Media Strategies, and just sort of delve into what the area is in marketing. And we're also joined by Catherine Carouge, who is the senior vice president of creative and design. And she is uh, joining us on Zoom. So we're like all sorts of technical here. We've nice. In person and technical and everything I'm else. I'm impressed. <laughs> hey, stranger things have happened. So, well, first of all, thank you very much for um, opening up your office today. And we're sitting here socially distanced, squirting down the microphones and the uh, headphones. Catherine is even more socially distant over at her house. You know, again, that newsletter that you sent out, it just really stuck out to me. And it seemed to be really counterintuitive to what most people, I mean, you you can't pick up a newspaper and it doesn't matter what town you are in America where you're not hearing that businesses are struggling, struggling, struggling. I know John Minidakis from Jimmy's Seafood, Famous Seafood, is doing a, a crowdsourced GoFundMe thing because he says there's so many restaurants in Baltimore City that are, you know, really hanging on by a literal thread. And to sit there and see a, what I would consider Zachary's Jewelers a, um, I don't want to say non-essential in the terms of this whole thing, but a you know this is you know when the COVID hit, I mean I didn't go, oh my gosh, I can't I can't get to Zachary's Jewelers. What am I going to do if Giant had closed? I just was so impressed to sit there and see how you guys worked with them to turn it around a little bit. How did that all come about? Well, Zachary's Jewelers is probably the quintessential definition of a highly personalized business. And what has helped them thrive for so many years is their attention to detail and their their genuine care for their customers and, and how they interact with their customers. And when the pandemic hit, obviously, with non-essential businesses being closed, limitations when it did reopen, we had to help them figure out a way to maintain that relationship and get creative on ideas on on how we can continue to grow their business. I mean, it's we're not in the business of helping businesses close. Right, we're, right. We're in the business of helping them thrive. Well, it seems that, it seems that you really really did that. And I remember when it closed I and mean, specifically for for Zachary's, you were guys I say you guys, but they were in the middle of launching this giant in-person come in and spin the spin the wheel on the game show and win all sorts of prizes, which was much more well, totally in person and do that. I mean, and you guys really sort of helped them pivot on from there. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Zachary's has never done a sale, and we brainstormed with them this idea of a big sale that was kind of kind of themed around a game show. So we had different game show uh, games and themes and visuals and all kinds of interaction where you you know let's make a deal with Steve where you'd write down what you want to pay for a particular item. And it was really set up to be a lot of fun. And then, Catherine, was it the week before we had to close? I think they. I think the sale maybe maybe the day after the sale started, they had to close. Um, 
And I'm not sure I'd say that Zachary's necessarily skirted the struggle that every business is facing, but instead I think they made it an opportunity to really connect with their customers in a different way and just reassure them that they were still there for them. Um, so it was really touching to see how important it was for Steve and his team to brainstorm with us and create these campaigns that not necessarily selling jewelry as much as letting their clients know that they were still open in, in whatever way that clients were comfortable interacting with them and that they and that they were confident that we'd all get through this as long as we stuck together. And um, so they really made the most of what was really, yeah, a really unfortunate situation for a lot of businesses. Well, it's sort of like the old thing is, you know, if you if your customers aren't coming to you, you need to go where your customers are. And it's just in the way they delivered their product. But some of the things that I mean, obviously, the the low hanging fruit is the OK, pick up your pick up your jewelry at curbside or we'll ship it to you. Uh, that's that's the real low hanging. They would fruit. deliver it. Yeah. Um, Personally deliver it. But also setting up virtual appointments where, you know, as Steve said in, in some of the messaging, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, special occasions still happen. Right. And Zachary's is the place that helps people celebrate those occasions. And they wanted to be able to provide the opportunity to get that perfect item. And if it meant shopping virtually and showing things on a Zoom meeting, uh, so be it. I think they did a fantastic deal. And then they had the, the uh, happy hours. Yep. So the so the the trend that we were talking about in our latest blog was this increasing shift towards not just digital advertising and video content, but towards live streams. Because really, as our daily routines changed, you know, we were we weren't going to the grocery store. We were shopping online. We weren't going to a yoga class. We were taking a yoga class on Facebook. So as more and more people were going online, we collectively saw that as an opportunity to just reach them in another way. So we developed this kind of QVC type live stream that got the the employees back in front of their customers during a time when their customers weren't comfortable coming into the store. And for a while there weren't even legally, you know, allowed, allowed to come into the store. And they not only shared their favorite jewelry pieces, but anecdotes and they engaged with their audience in the comments and the campaign ended up getting over 12,000 views and it was just this really important touch point every week for an hour where the store got to got to connect with them even remotely and i think their audience really appreciated that do you know whether their audience or their customer base expanded a little bit i know with a lot of nonprofits like certainly like the um, annapolis symphony they may have reached you know 20,000 people in this in this market in ni- 2019 Yet when they went to the online version and the Symphony Plus, they were able to reach a literal worldwide audience. Indeed. We, we work with the Symphony and help them create that, that series. And we had viewers and participants in Hong Kong and Australia and India and all over the place. It was amazing as we were watching and people were actually subscribing, having now been exposed to what some would call a small-town symphony orchestra that we believe, and I think most people know, is is really a world-class orchestra that can compete on any any stage. And they've done a fabulous job with that. So it's really been fun as a marketer to help our clients figure out that path and and where do we go from here because it's so – and so many of our clients are relationship-based, as is any business with their with their target customer. Wouldn't you agree, Catherine? 
Yes, absolutely. It was great to see how a lot of our clients really embraced the opportunities that the pandemic brought to to connect with our audience and new audiences in, in different ways than they typically would. I mean, businesses are, were scared. Every, every business was scared. I mean, I don't... Still are. Yeah. I think they're probably, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but more receptive to doing something a little bit out of their comfort zone, a little bit unusual because, hey, you know, the alternative really sucks. Is that accurate, would you think? Yes. I think, you know, you either had to get a little creative with what you were doing or, you know, I don't think you'd want to see what happened if you didn't do anything. Um, I think there's also really been a trend on spending your money wisely right now. And, and we we try to really be conscious of how we recommend that our clients spend their budgets. Um, you know, there's obviously been a big trend towards digital marketing, you know, in the past couple of years, of course, but even more so now. So, so we've had to get creative in the ways that we recommend that our clients spend their money right now, because it's more important than ever that that money be put to good use. Sure. I think it's also, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about values, you know, from a brand perspective or a business perspective, you talk about your value proposition. We talk about values. And a good example of that is Steve Samaras is such a, a prominent person in our town and, and so many on the team there at Zachary's. He started these, these videos called One, One in Annapolis and would go around and stand in front of Lunas's or Davis's pub or pick a house or what have you and talk about he and Charlie's favorite things. And it was not a commercial for Zachary's. It was not come to Zachary's. We're still, you know, we're still open. It was Zachary's showing their support for fellow local businesses. And one emerging trend that we have seen, and you might have read in, in that blog, is customers more and more and more want to align with companies that, that share their values. Nobody wants to do business with a jerk. The end result, and I mean, no business wants to do business with jerk customers as well. So, I mean, it is a symbiotic relationship there. It is all about relationships and it doesn't matter whether you're selling jewelry or hotel rooms or, you know, any, anything. It is all about relationship. I love what Monica at Bread and Butter Kitchen has done. You know, you talk about creative. Uh, She's, she's got this wonderful little restaurant in Eastport and figured out a way to keep restaurants open by using donated funds to buy food from the restaurants and employ the staff and then distribute it to those with food insecurities. I saw Stan in the parking lot of Sam, Stan from Stan and Joe's, right. and I said, how's it going? He goes, oh, we're hanging in there. And he goes, uh, I got to go back. I'm making 1,200 lasagna dinners tonight. For those that aren't aware, it's Feed Anne Arundel. And Monica had started this early when she thought she was going out of business. Right. And uh the object, I remember talking to her and she said that I can keep the lights on, but they're going to be dim. And, and that was the whole secret is to you know solicit funds, tell the restaurants, okay, I'm not buying your $10 burger, but I'll buy it for $4 or right. $5. I don't know what the numbers were. And that keeps you know a part of the staff working. That helps with your PPP loans, with you know employing people there. It keeps the business open, viable in front of people knowing, hey, I'm alive. Because, I mean, a friend of mine always said that, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you're not in front of somebody telling them constantly, hey, I'm here, I'm alive, you're missing the ball. There's countless examples of what, you know, you look at Teresa, may she rest in peace now, very saddened to hear of of Teresa from the Gateway Floors passing. But she and Justin at Latitude 38 setting up that... The farmer's market. The the farmer's market, right. And all of it free. And it it was like a pop-up shop, but 
free for those with food insecurities. And I, I just, I'm, I'm constantly energized and, and encouraged and somewhat surprised. I mean, it's almost unilateral how people have, have risen to this occasion. Well, back on to, and I guess, Catherine, you probably would be the best one to answer, but I mean, video, you said, and, you know, interactive has been huge uh, during this. Is that here to stay? Yes. I, oh, I have no doubt that it's here to stay. You know, video content's the most engaging, by far, type of content on social media anyway. So so even more so now. So yes, I think that's definitely here to stay. Thanks for bringing um, that up on a podcast. <laughs> An audio <laughs> podcast. But I think further, John, you know, video and, and audio is, is the means or the channel for distribution. What an important trend that, that we're talking with our clients about is, is personalization. People expect a personal relationship with their brand, with their with businesses with whom they want to work. And these days, it's expected. I mean, you look, if you buy something on Amazon, well, if you bought this, a lot of people bought this, right? Or the next day, you'll get an email with a suggested item that is in the neighborhood of what, you know, it's not just retargeting based on your search behavior. It's really understanding your customer. AI has done a lot to, to bring that forth, and that was certainly the big buzzword the last two years. But really an emphasis on personalization in your messaging and delivering it on your prospect or your clients or customers' terms. Well, I always think that one of the greatest accolades that a customer can give to a customer or give to a business is referring to them as my. Uh, I'm not going to the jewelers. I'm going to my jewelers. I'm going to my flower shop. I'm going to whatever it may be. And that's, you know, it gives the customer a sense of ownership there. And I think that that's, you know, it all stems on the relationships there. Well, you look at you look at online when somebody says, I need a good roofer. You right. know, and people love to do that. You know, yeah. they love to suggest their guy or, or their gal or their, their business. So you're exactly right. And our goal as marketers is to achieve that level of affinity and recognition and allegiance to make that make it mine. I think one of the hard parts as marketers, though, is that is word of mouth is so important, but that's not something that, you know, we can't. We can't plan and buy word of mouth. That's not media that we can put money behind. So so as marketers, what we need to do is really instill in our clients how important the review process is and getting your clients, you know, especially your happy clients, to advocate on your behalf. So word of mouth is so important and there's there's different tactics that we definitely encourage all of our clients to try to gently encourage their own customers to do to help them with that. Well, it goes back to the old thing. You give somebody a, a, a good experience and they're going to tell 10 people. You give them a crappy experience and they're going to tell 100. Thank you, Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something. Uh, it, I've told this story before, but there was a restaurant with a sandwich board out front. And it said, come try the worst meatball sub one person on Yelp ever had in their life. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, you talk about, you know, knocking it down. Brilliant. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what all, I guess, what are your capabilities? What do you guys do here at MH Media Strategies? I, I mean, are you just advertise, bu- advertising buyers or media buyers? Or are you full service? What, what all, are, I guess, are your capabilities? I would like to think are capable of almost anything. And if we can't do it amongst... Can you get that stain out of my carpet in my upstairs hallway? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got an amazing team here that brings forward 
their specific expertise. I would rival Catherine's design against anybody, you know, with Dan. I've, I've known Catherine. I've known Tom. Catherine for many years, and I'm not going to take that bet at all. Um. <laughs> um, but and then we have a, we have a team of of people that we work with outside of our walls that contribute in different areas. But when we bring somebody onto this team, it's not just about the box that you're in. Yes, Catherine is responsible and in charge of creative, but she can also contribute in, in strategy discussions and she can contribute in so many other ways as do all of our other teams. We've got an in-house uh, videographer and he's in those strategy calls. So right. we've got a diverse group of client. We're doing a lot in the senior healthcare space. We're very excited about the grand opening of Bay Village Assisted Living. Um, long time coming. A long time coming. Uh, there's a, a sister community over on the Eastern Shore called Queenstown Landing. There's opening about the same time. And we work with 13 other of their of their communities in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, we work with the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, the, the fabled one of the most haunted hotels in the country and where Stephen King wrote The Shining. Right. You know, you talk about another COVID challenge. This is a business that not only was a successful and is a successful hotel, but did ridiculous money in ghost tours. Oh, I'm sure. And had to shut their doors. You know, what do you do if you can't sell a hotel room or you can't sell a meal or you can't sell, you know, a tour? And that's not in the middle of New York. No. <laughs> it's a destination for sure. That's but, uh, sure. yeah, we, we work with a variety of different clients, and I think that keeps us sharp because they all have different goals. And, and when we kind of get out of our box in working for something for Bay Village or Queenstown Landing, something may, you know, a light bulb may go off that will help us with the Stanley Hotel or with, you know, any of our sure. other Zachary's Jewelers or any of our other clients. That Well, I think that the story coming out of this is that you guys have really helped a lot of businesses muddle through this and get through to this point. What advice would you give to a small business? What is going to help a small business succeed from February 2021 until we're safe. Oh, Catherine, add to this, but I think the clients that we've been able to help rise above this are the ones that have an open mind and are willing to try something new, maybe a little risky, a lot different from how they've done things before. And, you know, it's not just hiring a team like ours to help you navigate that. It's it's opening your eyes to fellow small businesses and, and having a conversation with a Monica at bread and butter, even though your business is building houses. Yeah, I think, I think Michael hit the nail on the head. I think it's being open-minded and, um, and just willing to try things and step out of your comfort zone. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we can try and there's a lot of different variables that we can, you know, when it comes to strategy and targeting and our creative messaging and just, you know, in our case, it's that our clients trust us to, monitor these different variables, change these variables as we go, just so we can always get the optimum result for them. So knock on wood, we'll always make it work because we're just really dedicated to making sure that we've got the right mix of where our messaging is, what our messaging is, what these campaigns are, how we're reaching our audience, and and just having faith that our customers are going to be there. And, you know, there, there's a really... We touched on it earlier, but there's um, a big focus on purpose-driven missions right now. Like we talked about that customers want to align themselves with brands that, that are doing more than selling their goods and services, but that they're 
that they share the same values and that they want to support brands that care about the same issues that they do. So I think right now we just, I would encourage companies to not only try new things, but to be transparent uh, with their customers and you put good in, you get good out. So painfully transparent. we're finding a lot of success right now. And not to oversimplify things, but our job is to motivate an action. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to motivate a prospect or a target or a customer to, to do something, to pick up the phone and call, to go online and, to and walk in the door, to whatever walk it may in be. the door, whatever it may be. But so when, when we take a step back and we're working on strategy, you know, that's the top of the pyramid there is motivating that action and everything underneath that, that pushes that to the top makes that happen. Right. And to Catherine's point, it's a lot of different things. And sometimes it's things we haven't tried, but we'll throw it out. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I want to talk to you about you said throw it out here and see what happens and taking a risk and you know getting out of the comfort zone. And I've got to think that the way technology has advanced, digital cameras came along. Now all of a sudden, everybody was a photographer. Uh, you know, I mean, I, there's no way in hell ten years ago I could have been sitting here at a conference room in your office with a little board recording something like this that wouldn't have cost me, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. So I got to think that, you know, whether it be podcasting or video production for a promotion or something like that with a client is probably a lot more cost, less cost prohibitive, but more affordable to be able to do. Well, you get instant data now. You get instant mm-hmm. reporting, especially with digital media. I mean, we can we can put a campaign on uh, Google ads, whether it's AdWords or PPC or YouTube, what have you. And the next day, no. Now, is that enough time to evaluate it? No. Probably not. Yeah. No, but we're going to be able to see. And tweak. And tweak. And, yeah, we, and it allows we do. us to just pivot in an instant, you know, whether it's whether we're not seeing the, the results that we want and we want to we want to change some of the variables to see if we can increase the performance or all of a sudden we've got a new campaign idea and all of a sudden we just want to hit the ground running digital. It allows us to just pivot the moment that we want to. All right. As we wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot. You've got a customer and they want one free tip on how to do it. And each of you got to come up with one and we'll let Michael go first. Cause I'm looking at him in the face. I'm having a tough time during COVID. What do you think I should do? I would employ a tool, and there are many, to ensure that your business listings are consistent across the hundreds of directories that are available on the web. And it's not just search, you know, Google, Bing, Yahoo. You know, everybody's heard of, for a construction company, for example, we've heard of Howls and and Manta and Home Builder. But have you heard of Let'sBuild.com or MyHuckleberry or ConstructionLinks.com, you know? There are services, and we, we employ this for a number of our clients, that in short, Google hates if you have one phone number here and another here, or one address right. here and one there. This tool helps you make your listings consistent across the entire spectrum, and it's essentially automated. It requires some monitoring, but if I were to give one tip to a small business that would be relatively inexpensive, look to that. I would look to business listings. What about you, Catherine? What's in your quiver? So I, I promise this is not a plug for MH Media Strategies, but I honestly Please think it, it just starts with a conversation. I think, like Michael said, there's a lot of really good tools in place that we as marketers are familiar with that people aren't. But I think it's really based on this small business's specific needs and 
their goals and their budget. And I think it really just starts with finding out what those things are and just being transparent about what you need and what you're comfortable trying and all the different options out there. And as a non-professional, I'll add, just make sure you do something. Don't hunker down and think, yes, sir. We're, we're just going to get, we're just going to get through this. And yeah. I will say, I mean, Maine and Market, I think they did a wonderful thing about closing down temporarily as much as it ticks me off that I can't get my eggs Benedict on a Saturday or a Sunday. But they have been up out in front. Hey, we're still open. Hey, we've got a Domino's moving in next to us. When we open up on March 1st, we're just hibernating. We're not, you know, so they're, so people aren't Staying forgetting there. there. Right. Make sure that your, your message is getting out. That's what I would suggest. There's a lot you can do for free. Yeah. And utilizing social media. I mean, everybody's on social media right now. It's allowing us to connect with that we just don't see like we used to. So, and it's free. I mean, sure, social media wants us to put money behind everything that we do, but but it's it's a great tool to connect with your audience. Fantastic. Well, Michael Hughes, who is the managing partner for MH Media Strategy, thank you very much for your time. Thank and you. Catherine Carouge, who is the vice president of creative and design here, an extraordinary talent for many years, even prior to your fancy title here at MH Media Strategies. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about MH Media Strategies, they're here in Eastport. They're on 4th Street uh, within stumbling distance to the Boatyard Bar and Grill. Have you ever stumbled? Uh, did Almost daily. <laughs> <laughs> MHMediaStrategies.com. We'd be happy to have a conversation, especially with local small businesses that Catherine said, start the conversation no obligation. You want to you want to run an idea by we're you know we're here to help too. That's our pledge. We opened our doors, pledging what was it a hundred hours of pro bono work in the first hundred days or something like that, Catherine. Well, I know you're sponsoring an awful lot of local events, and you're you know putting putting your money where your mouth is. I know uh, I, I I can probably name half a dozen that never happened last year that yeah. <laughs> that your name would have been on, but it's uh, they'll be uh, back this year. Oh. Fingers crossed. There's that wood that we need to knock on, that's for sure. Michael Hughes, Catherine Carouche, thank you guys very much for your time this morning. Congratulations on what you've been doing for your clients and uh, for your insight this morning. Thank you so much, John. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.